Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee Corner Radio Podcast. My name is Martin Fischer and it's been a while since our last episode, but today we are back and I have another episode um, with our special guest, Holger Müller, analyst with Constellation Research in uh, out of California. Um, so stay tuned. We will come to that in a second. Um, I just want to add some housekeeping information. Uh, I will try to yeah, uh, publish more regular episodes again. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, there will be some interesting uh, topics as in the past, but, uh, also feel free to reach out to me either via Twitter or X as it is called now, if this still is a thing for you or via LinkedIn or any other channel. Um, and yeah, uh, make topic suggestions. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Or I think, um, on Spotify is now even the possibility to provide direct, um, feedback to an episode. So if you are listening to the episode via the Spotify app, uh, there might also be the possibility to give feedback and to reach out to me. Thank you very much and enjoy the episode with Holger. Hello, everybody. It's Holger Müller here from Constellation Research. As usual, catching up with my partner in crime on all things happening SAP, Martin Fischer. Hey, Martin, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And how are you doing, Holger? Oh, very good. Uh, the pleasure to travel back from the old continent to the new continent uh, yesterday, two days ago. So it's a little bit jet lag, but otherwise, well. How about you? I've done your summer vacation already? No, I'm starting in 10 days. Uh, oh, where are you going? North of Italy, Lago di Caldonazzo. Caldonazzo? Where is that? I should know. I grew up in Northern Italy. Uh, actually, not far away from Lago di Garda, just a oh. bit far east. And it's way smaller. Well, that's, that's a tip for anybody, right? Avoid the big lakes. Lago di Garda, you find all the Germans, Lake Como, all the Americans, Maggiore is a mix. But the little ones like Lago di Zio, which is the fourth big lake, but a small one, that's where you find authentic. Or Lago di Can, Caldonazzo. Canazzo, right? It's good. Like yeah, there's a <laughs> Excellent. All right. Perfect. That's where you find Martin in vacation, right? My vacation was also going to Italy. Son was on a study trip. We went to Florence chasing heat records in Florence. So, yeah. well, heat, heat record chasing thing in Frankfurt, uh, Bingen, two times in Florence, uh, improved that. And then Luzern, even. And then winter came, right? But hey, we're not here to talk about the weather, right? Uh, we're here to talk about SAP. Uh, big events happened. We haven't talked since Sapphire, right? What was your impression of Sapphire? Uh, we haven't talked since March, actually. My impression of uh, Sapphire, uh, yeah, well, um, well delivered key keynotes in general. Um, also, they gave a glimpse on what uh, SAP will do uh, on the AI uh, topic, uh, but they didn't reveal too much. I, right. I, I'd like the the cloud application programming uh, model demo uh, Jürgen Müller showed in his keynote. What? Um, good to see. And in the meantime, I, I also saw, uh, I think, even uh, the, probably the same uh, demo, but with even better results at the UI5Con or a recap. Right. Uh, two of the con community conferences happening in, in July in uh, St. Leon Road next to Waldorf. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but... Well, the other thing was a bit blurry, I would say. So, yeah, of course, yeah. they, well, they yeah. are working on it, on it, but yeah. Right. 
So from my perspective, a significant improvement over last year where there was almost nothing being announced, right? So significantly more things happening. I didn't make it to Orlando. I made it to Barcelona, which was nice for Barcelona. Unfortunately, it was all pretty much a repeat, which I found disappointing, SAP being a European company. I mean, of course, if the two Sapphires are so close to each other, I totally understand as a former product developer, you don't have all the great news and so on. But I would have seen a little more partitioning of it for the part. It would have been smarter for SAP to keep more of the sustainability announcements for, for Barcelona. Um, because um, the Americans don't care so much for that, like the Europeans. So I think that will fit it better. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that it was pretty much the same keynote, the same announcements, and so on. So, but hey, I didn't make it to Rio. I think where the third one was. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was the same thing again. Uh, but but a significant improvement, more things to talk about from SCP than there was a year before, where I think they were surprised that they wanted to or could do a Sapphire to a certain point. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, so the setting in in Barcelona was more or less a private, or, or a, no, 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 it was, was a conference. I think there was like six thousand people or so. They had a they had a really good, I think, the best SAP demonstration store uh, boot boot show they had. Right, they had a uh, the 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 creation of ice cream as a really huge like basketball field size walking store, bringing all the SAP products in from early signals to products to manufacturing uh, to purchasing to sustainability, and then at the end you got got your custom ordered ice cream. Uh, from from a number of selections, uh, which which I think was the best, most tangible, holistic demo I've seen from SAP. So compliments for that. Um, uh, I don't know if that was also in Orlando. I think I was told it was in Orlando as well. But so that was was well done because SAP, like all suite vendors, always struggles to show the benefits of everything nuts to nuts. Everything gets siloed, right, in single things. So that that was really, yeah, probably the most bad, the best integrated SAP demo I've seen at uh, Sapphire. And I've been to. 50 or so. <laughs> so maybe I forgot some. So apologies if somebody listens and say, hey, that was a great one in 93, 97, 21 or whatever. Uh, remind me of it. Um, uh, I'm not saying that, but for recent times, definitely the most impressive one from that perspective. Okay, uh, sounds very interesting. So as far from my understanding, it was an invitation only for customers. You couldn't uh, just go and buy a ticket for that. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Good, good. You know more than me. I didn't ask how customers got there. Got there. <laughs> you had your invitation. I don't have to look for. But there was there was a decent amount of people. I don't know how they got their invitation only. Yeah. But the interesting conversation to me was flying there. I by chance uh, was next uh, in, in the Lufthansa lounge next to a CIO of a large SAP customer, and she said, "Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm sending my team there. There's nothing interesting happening." So. That's, of course, a potential warning sign of a large brand name um, SAP customer in Germany, <laughs> home country, says, I'm, I'm not excited about Sapphire, right? And the, the big, big problem in the background is, of course, the 2027 deadline. And we all know large companies need five years. And we're kind of like in the Mexican standoff right now, right, where two people hold uh, the pistol to their heads. <laughs> their mutual destruction is guaranteed or they find a reasonable solution. Of course, we hope a reasonable solution will be found. Typically, with end of support deadlines of SAP, SAP gives up and charges maybe a little more. We'll see how that goes. But I keep telling SAP there needs to be a roadmap. So even the customers who want to move, who have to move, uh, see that's how they can move and see things coming out in the next three, four years, and they can align their rollout schedule to um, what is coming out from SAP. Yeah, yeah 
And I think um, we this this whole end of maintenance um, topic for business we should not only be seen in the eyes of the core ERP system. I think the bigger issue I hear from discussions with customer uh, are actually the industry solutions, uh, which some of them are uh, not supported or should or will move to the industry cloud. Uh, but as far as I, I hear from different customer conversations, uh, many of that industry solutions, the new ones, are not ready yet, meaning uh, customers uh, who use current industry solutions uh, miss key functionality in the new ones and the roadmaps are not uh, reliable or they are just saying something like uh, on the long term we are working on that. Um, and um, I think that's that's uh, even the bigger issue because that for some customers that um, uh, that's also the one reason why they hold back the whole S S four story in the end. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's a good, it's a very good point, great point, um, and it's probably might be the reason for non-telling because the uproar on customers were you forced me to upgrade and I don't have an answer when my industry solution is coming. But I think the clarity is going to be important and uh, which industry solutions will SAP be able to provide and which ones not, right? One year ago, the big takeaway for me from Sapphire was Christian Klein says, we can't build everything ourselves, right? They they had this deal with the financial service capabilities where partners will build things, right? It got very quiet from that perspective. To a certain point, not surprising because if you're in the middle of a platform shift, you first have to get the platform ready, right? Which uh, we'll talk about later, which is Jürgen Müller's work. Uh, so partners can build something which is mature, scalable, repeatable, uh, industry-grade, SAP-grade, and so on, right? So that, that's the key challenge behind there. So kind of like SAP is playing on time and is hoping to get away with it, right? We'll talk about more forcing customers to to upgrade uh, sooner than later, right? So, yeah. Yeah, just as one, one example about the industry uh, solution topic and, and how complicated it, it can be uh, is the whole... Uh, healthcare uh, industry solution, which is mainly used by hospitals in actually, uh, yeah, I think mostly in the German speaking uh, region, their SAP announced last uh, fall that they will not uh, um, yeah, build a successor for the current uh, integrated industry solution okay. into ERP. Um, and I mean, uh, of course, that questions the whole S4 topic for all that hospitals right now, right. because um, they now they found, I think, uh, if I got it right, two partners who will build uh, these solutions for Germany and uh, Switzerland and Austria. So, uh, of course, <laughs> uh, you need three uh, three versions for these three countries. And I can, from a business point of view, understand SAP that they say it doesn't make sense to, to build that solution for us. Yep. Uh, but they start now in 2023 developing that uh, successor of the SAP build uh, solution. And there are so many, I think, also legal uh, topics uh, still under discussion for yeah, where, yeah. where does the IP go and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that uh, That's uh, the, the 2027 de deadline for that customers is, uh, yeah, not doable, I think. Cannot imagine that. Yeah, no, that, that's a great data point. I missed that. Um, and uh, on the one side, uh, kudos for SAP to be uh, gutsy and saying we can't do it all. This is something we won't do. And uh, good to find a solution. Tough for the hospitals and the hospital sector. Hey, uh, there, there's a, a key competitor of Oracle. Oh, oh, no, gave it away of SAP. Just <laughs> a healthcare company, right? So yeah. maybe some people are thinking happily, but I'm not sure how much Cerner is. Uh, 
over in Europe, right? So um, I, I just yeah. read a, a, an article, a piece on, on that one, and uh, they seem to be for certain uh, parts of the processes they are supporting is a, a big topic. And I think one of the challenges they are seeing now with the new solution is the integration to that solution. Yeah. Uh, But uh, not breaking news, right? Uh, SAP hands over the future of the healthcare version to Oracle. <laughs> not that they have not partnered before, right? But I don't think they will partner on the application side. But then, I mean, interesting things happen there, right? I mean, Microsoft and Oracle arch enemies in the past working very closely together. And hey, it's 2023 and you can provision an Oracle database from the Azure console. So, hey. Power of customers, good for them. We'll see what comes out of that. But I think the vertical part is, is a big challenge for SAP. Not all the verticals will be there in 2027. But the sooner they tell customers, uh, the better it will be. I think alternative solution can be found. Customers can move on. They can say, I use SAP for the core, but I will build some vertical stuff. Maybe I have to use BTP for that. It doesn't have to be lost for SAP necessarily. All right, another one on Sapphire. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just one last sentence on that. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it needs not to be SAP who builds all that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think also that opens a bit more the the approach, the buying approach of the customers to uh, rather go uh, best uh, best of breed instead of uh, the sweet solution stuff right. for the future. So there, I think there will be more competition in the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's a great point for something to think of. Can the suite last, um, right? And one of the concerns I have conceptually, forget about SAP for a moment, is business pro processes are innovating and changing so fast with the cloud is can someone like an SAP in Oracle work there? We can go down the list, even build these large suites again, or have to they focus on the most reusable things in finance, HR, CRM, if you want, purchasing, manufacturing and leave other stuff to other people. And then, of course, they have what I call the EAP, the Enterprise Application Platform, the pass of a SaaS vendor, right, where you say, look, we're in the same framework, the same sign-on, the same secure way of access to all the data. So that will be very interesting how that void's going to be filled, right? But one way, of course, if you don't have enough developers, which, again, quoting Christian Klein from Sapphire 2022, SAP doesn't have enough of them. Well, well partners can also build on SAP BTP, which is their EAP. Cool. Shall we move on to earnings next? Yeah, let's go to, to earnings. I think there's a, a topic uh, still on our list which needs a bit more time. Yeah, I didn't re-listen our last episode, but I'm sure that we also talked about uh, earnings and um, yeah, I just had a quick look on, on the numbers uh, again. Um, I think SAP did the... Yeah, got the break even and and uh, really is now in the, in the cloud business or the subscription based uh, licensing model uh, you see all the software licenses uh, revenues are going down significantly i think by 20% or something like that uh, mm -hmm. on a yearly base uh, there's still a huge uh, revenue increase on the swahana side uh, that's doesn't speak for, for me that that's a superior product to be honest that's more or less the pressure which is getting uh yeah harder uh, bigger for, for the customers um yeah and and in the end you you see the um yeah uh recurring revenue increasing over time so yeah 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 i mean sap is transforming moving to subscription-based services right it's great they had the landmark 
slowed down a little bit. They were behind on S4 HANA numbers, right? So they had to remanage um, some expectations there. Um, but um, yeah, it shows how much the challenge is real of uh, convincing customers to move to S4 HANA, right? Because at the core, um, the value proposition, why should I do this, right? And everybody in the SCP ecosystem remembers how customers jump to R3, right? So from R2 to R3, right? Not on the mainframe, not an expensive platform, not on a global platform at the time. I give each country their own R3 system and they can figure out how to implement themselves and then we roll it somewhere up. Lots of issues with that too, but it was a no-brainer, right? Client-server was significantly cheaper to run and the cloud actually has more differentiators from that perspective than if you think mainframe to client-server or to on-premise to the cloud. The problem is that they have not built in capabilities which the cloud only can provide. Yeah, and that's more like a lift and shift of the same functionality. So it's hard for customers to justify. And then add, of course, of the traditional customers in Europe who is cloud skeptic as best. <laughs> so um, that, that doesn't make it easy to get those S4 HANA numbers. I mean, it's interesting to see the rise and grow initiative, what they're doing. Uh, I read between the leaf lines that with grow, SAP was trying to get more logos. Uh, you get more logos when you go to SMBs and kind of like quiet the number adoption thing there because they have lots of SMB customers. So it makes sense that they have an SMB part. But it looks like they have not been able to convince those SMBs in the large numbers they kind of like wanted to manage either, right? So that's an overall challenge, no question about it. Yeah, um, just just one remark on on the uh, cloud capabilities. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, of course, uh, especially our the German speaking market market, I think is uh, still very skeptical 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 about skeptical. All the, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you know what you mean. Don't worry. Yeah, it's uh, already late here in in Germany. Sorry for that. <laughs> no worries. Um, and. Um, yeah, um, but on the other hand, um, many of the big customers are using other uh, SaaS solutions from other vendors. And yep. So I think uh, it's uh, too easy to say all the SAP customers just don't like cloud or SAP customers don't like SAP cloud and uh, go for the others. I think yep. one main reason uh, for uh, that um yeah, that uh, behavior of the customers, and I, I read a, a very good post on, actually, was, I think on his own platform, but uh, I saw it on LinkedIn by uh, Thomas Otter, uh, you yep. know him for sure, um, yeah, um, who said, yeah, um, SAP bought a lot of cloud knowledge, but they uh, made uh, the transformation into SAP and didn't didn't pick the knowledge and the kind of spirit and the methodology those companies used to build their products, but they made them more uh, the the EOP company, uh, and so they lost kind of that that cloud spirit which those customers have. And on the other hand, uh, another reason for sure is that, um, and I think also from a business and cost perspective, that it makes definitely sense that you have one code line for uh, public cloud, uh, Swahana public cloud and private cloud, um, uh, but uh, that I think also limits uh, the, the somehow the capabilities and the possibilities to make Swahana public cloud a real uh, an application which, which benefits from all the cloud advantages you could have. Yeah, good, great point. I mean, and I agree. Like, uh, if you haven't read the piece from Thomas, who who is a 
former colleague as an SAP colleague, like I used to work with SAP, look up my uh, uh, LinkedIn, uh, who's also a former colleague because he used to be an industry analyst. He was the Gardner lead analyst, very good, hard hitting points. I think think the, the key thing to be fair, however, to SAP is that um, the acquisitions had specialty knowledge in certain areas. They never built the complete suite. The discussion with the customer was always, oh, you have something which hurts um, in HR, let's do success factors. Oh, you have something which hurts in supply chain management or the SAP acquired somebody there. But uh, then there was a cloud solution. So the point solution thing is something companies have been doing in the past. Moving their whole automation to the cloud, that is something for large parts of the world which is totally new, right? So except for the US and now coming Asia, Europe has largely not adopted this. But no no call, no talk these days without AI, right? So <laughs> we have to talk about the AI topic. There's no question about that. And the irony is that will, in my view, probably help SAP, even with the SAP customers in Germany or in Europe who are cloud skeptics, like you said before, because they, they can't buy the NVIDIA machines to run all that AI, which needs to run if they really want to do that, right? So uh, to a certain point, the whole AI trend is something which is not a challenge for SAP, is actually helping SAP, uh, because from a hardware perspective, customers don't want to do that. And quick quick segue, right? I mean, I, I remember um, at an AWS summit uh, in Berlin talking to SAP customers who were totally clear that they don't want to do cloud, but for IoT, because they didn't know how to scale, they would do cloud, no question, right? And uh, then I was saying, like, <laughs> what, what, what if there's customer or people information on IoT, then you have the same issues and so on. Yeah, but I cannot go to the board and say I need X millions to build for IoT because I don't know how many things it be. Luckily, all these customers didn't do too much because IoT has gotten a little quiet, right? So the lesson learned was also not there that I, if IoT goes in the cloud, the rest has to go on the cloud. But with AI, there's no question. So I think this will help SAP and S4HANA adoption ultimately that people realize I cannot be left behind from this transformative power that AI brings me, right? The question, of course, is how SAP provides that. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so far we see more partnership announcements. Uh, so um, a big announcement with uh, partnering with, first of all, Azure um, and, and uh, in this regards OpenAI. Um, then there was an announcement of a Google partnership and even IBM Watson. And now I think two or three weeks ago they, they announced that they invested via their uh, venture capitalist, uh, capital um kind of subsidiary uh, Sapphire Venture, I think, uh, into three AI companies. So yep. interesting. Um, uh, Alex Alpha is the one I remember, right? Interesting yeah. to have a European play in that space. So yeah, uh, let thousand flowers bloom, right? I mean, it's the right strategy for SAP with a diverse installed base. That's like they have to support the major multiple clouds. They have to support multiple AI infrastructures. No question about that, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit wondering what happened to all the AI stuff they did in the past. We, my, uh, Some of you might remember Leonardo, for example. Yes. <laughs> um, it seems to be all done, uh, at least uh, what, what I uh, saw on slides I checked or whatever. So yeah. there was no... No, no clear uh, statement from SAP towards that. That was is more or less my assumption that it's all more or less gone. Um, well, the, yeah. The so, so it was the old way of doing AI, right? So it was, um, um, give me your data. I have some smart people uh, figuring out what it can do. We train this in the cloud because it's cheaper, and then we have a model, and then we take it back, and then we try it out, and 
it took us a few days, a few weeks, a few months. By the way, your data moved on. That's the old way how you would do analytics, predictive analytics, prescriptive analytics, or if you want AI, uh, 15, 20 years ago, right? So, and that's not the way where it has to be on the real data and so on, right? So, but that is happening. So that's requires a rethinking, requires a different architecture. SAP has to find a way to get their customers' data available for them or, or for them for SAP to build their applications. And that leads us to something which um, is the, the thing which shouldn't be said, right? Which is big data. It's the only way to store that data. You could call lake house today, which is the minimal part. So the question is, when will SAP offer a lake house, which of course is anemic to one of the founders, to Hasse Plattner, who wants to have everything in memory. So we'll see when the, the realization there is that there's no way and it's better for SAP to participate on building the data foundation because they have the system of record for this uh, to build next generation applications in the cloud, right? And the interesting thing, let's talk not we talk about SAP here. Salesforce has done this actually in a very interesting way uh, about a year ago. Um, so the blueprint for how to have an architectural future as a legacy vendor, and I count Salesforce even as legacy vendor too, because they're an old 20 plus year old cloud platform that to build their own cloud, but they found a way to move forward. And um, I'm pretty bullish on that. So easy for SAP to read, SAP is easy for SAP to utilize. And uh, basically I think SAP will have to do something same or similar. Which yeah. leads us to the next topic, right? Which is like the big preview, like Sapphire in the first half year, um, Tech Ed in the second half of the year. Um, uh, guts, guts to SAP, right? For moving it for the first time to another place inside of Europe or North America. It used to be in, in three places before the That's pandemic. Right. We, we had always uh, India, Europe, and, and the States. So, meaning yeah. most of the time. I remember even Japan, fair enough. But hey, only one Sapphire in person, and it's going to be in all places in the Mecca of Silicon Valley of India in Bangalore. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. So, about uh, I mean, uh, about, uh, about 100,000 SAP developers who are in Bangalore across SAP and the partners, right? Obviously, located there. I'm not sure if they're all in Bangalore. Maybe it's 50,000, only 50,000 attendees don't have to travel to attend this event. Kind of like yeah, the ability message in there. So, maybe that's the, the whole idea. Uh, maybe it's all about training um, because uh, I'm quite sure there there are a lot of uh, service providers uh, all this uh, in integration uh, 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 providers are there and uh, also SAP has big labs there and of course yep. the biggest biggest developer uh, force uh, in the SAP ecosystem is there uh, but and I'm I'm absolutely to make it very clear absolutely not questioning that there is a need for an in-person event uh, like tech uh, in india uh, but uh, for me it's uh, very disappointing uh, that we don't have uh, a, a europe event and we also don't have a, um, an american event um, mm-hmm. and last year there was a very small in-person event in vegas uh, compared to the, right. to, to, to the to the earlier tickets so you could c- count that, in, in, at least in my opinion, only half, um, because um, the yeah I, for Europe it will be five years uh, break if there is a, a ticket next year in Europe, which we all don't know yet, um, and that's um, I think an issue for uh, the whole networking opportunities, customers, partners, and SAP developers have and. Um, 
Actually, I'm worried <laughs> the most about the SAP developers because they are usually not going to any other conferences because they uh, there are also some so some uh, travel restriction in place within SAP. I think um, so. I think they they will rarely meet any customers or they rarely met any customers uh, for five years in a row, and that. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, leads to a bigger ivory tower in the end because I, yes, I def definitely some risk there. I totally agree with you. Yep, totally agree with you. So nothing beats customer interaction. The question is, it's developer consultant interaction, which matters as well, right? So I think the sapphires have given some of that, but um, yeah, we, we don't see the same thing happening for the technical developers and the BTP side, right? So, which I think will be a good thing. So we'll see what the North American European tech ed communities will say with that it being virtual everybody saying hey it's virtual i save some time yeah so it will be good for SAP to listen to that i mean as much as i applaud the bravado of putting something into bangalore no question about that or into india or outside of europe and north america i think it, like you said it's going to be important to um give enough in-person time for these other communities which are important for SAP to succeed yep. yeah there, there was a the kind of a yeah a, Shitstorm is maybe a bit too much, but uh, there, there were uh, the voices were loud, um, and uh, people uh, addressing that in the community. There was even a, a petition, petition set up in the internet. I think it got uh, five hundred something uh, kind okay. of signers. Uh, I didn't follow it to the end, uh, but yeah, well, uh, so. It uh, definitely uh, got some some feedback uh, in the community. Uh, I was a bit surprised that that loud um, actually. So, uh, and, yeah. I mean, uh, for me, but I, I, I fully agree. And uh, it, for me personally, it also doesn't make sense to fly to India for the conference because I probably will not meet many customers there. Uh, the, the my uh, rather uh, Central Europe focused network and the people I, I would like to meet and talk to will also be not there. And uh, as for my experience, uh, you all also don't meet the, the European product managers uh, from SAP there. And uh, uh, that's actually the ones I usually know because they are not far away from my uh, my place. And uh, that, therefore it doesn't make sense to, to fly to India for two days conference in the end. Well, you can make it more, right? India is a great place to visit, but yeah, certainly no. Yeah, well, if you don't have the Indian connection, it doesn't make sense. And it's kind of like critical for SAP to have a strong tech at BTP showing because everything's built in BTP. And for all the cracks we were talking about, verticals not being built, um, functionality might be missing, functionality might not be fitting. BTP is the answer. It's the enterprise application EAP platform of SAP. So it's super critical for yeah being ready for that and working on that. So uh, I agree. Um, it's important for SAP to listen, good to listen to the petition, the petition, whatever the community is saying there. And uh, yeah, it will be good for SAP to carefully look and listen and study that. Yeah. But hey, yeah. stay tuned. Uh, Never a dull moment of SAP. <laughs> yeah, or well, maybe they surprise us in a positive sense. We we were yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, never, never count that out. Right? Never give SAP not the chance or any vendor that's that said uh, to positively surprise us. What did we yeah. miss? Did we oversee anything? Did we miss anything? Martin, uh, one press release, I think, which got some attention during the last week. Yeah. Uh, I think we should cover that. Um, sure. Don't know if it was all also a topic in the in the US. I, I at least saw that there is also an English ver version. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, um, so maybe I will explain in sure. a few words what, what I'm talking about. Um, there was a press release uh, published by DSAG, um, actually uh, yeah, addressing some concerns they have. Um, I think they were way more than it was a blog post, right? I think it was a blog post, right? So no, it was a press release. And it was, okay, take it back. You know better. And, and, and it got a uh, wide coverage uh, within the, the German yeah. speaking media. Um, don't know about the English speaking ones, but uh, also SAP related uh, and even uh, um, um, yeah, HiSafe, which is not really known for covering SAP topics, no. um, uh, published a, a piece on it. And yeah, actually what SAP stated there, and they were uh, actually referencing to the earning call and there um, uh, Christian Klein made a statement that uh, certain innovations will only be available for cloud customer, more specifically for uh, rice and crow customers. So yep. not for customers who run um, the, um, for example, Esfahana on, on the hyperscaler infrastructure. Yep. Um, and um, so that that means um, innovation. So he actually mentioned two topics uh, or the AI stuff, uh, which is uh, hopefully coming up. And uh, all the sustainability uh, topics will not be um, available for on-prem customers and not uh, rise and grow customers, which mm -hmm. is, well, uh, bold decision, I would say. <laughs> and I think they're throwing something Navio as well, right? In the past, at least, right? Yeah, so yeah. Sure how well yeah. that's available for on-premises, right? Yeah, I mean, diff diff difficult situation, right? For the first time, maintenance-paying customers are not getting uh, new features, functionalities, capabilities. On the flip side, I think SAP has a case of saying this can only live in the cloud. Uh, you have to be in the cloud for that, and it has to be maintained potentially by them. This way, the, the privately hosted ones, they, it's, it's funny, right? SAP calls someone who's running on a hyperscaler on-premise, right? Uh, who does that? <laughs> but uh, fine. Uh, for those can't you know, manage by themselves, right? So why would you do that in a world that's chasing cloud? But there's another topic story, but a schmankerl, as you say in Germany, a funny thing to laugh about. Yeah, Nobody if, if that, that infrastructure is uh, that system is running on the same hyperscaler infrastructure, but you have right. a dominant contract, meaning rice yeah. or crow, right. uh, then it's cloud. <laughs> That's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so so yeah, but it, revenue recognition wise, I don't know how that makes sense, right? But it's a diff different story, different problem, long conversation. I mean, I am like I said before, right? For for AI, it's going to be really hard to run on premise, right? And buy those machines, have those machines. So customers have to think about what they're fighting here for. For Signavio, I think you have a better chance to say that because the hardware demand for that shouldn't be too big, too large, right? So that that could be a case. And the third thing was that they're keeping oh the sustainability. That's a little harder to justify, I think, because it doesn't require the system system things there. I mean, you can argue for benchmarking and so on. So the discussion will be between SAP customers, their user groups, and SAP is like why. And uh, if you do this, right, there was a discussion also why there's a 30% value for a premium package, right? Is that the value that you want to have, right? So, and the whole sustainability part is a challenge because it only speaks to its European customer base. Uh, Christian Klein talks about the Green Ledger. We don't have a date for the Green Ledger to come, right? So, uh, so the key part of that sustainability offering is not out yet there. So it's, it's, it's I think it's, and as long as software companies have been around that they have tied the next generation some exclusive features for that. 
in this case, I think SAP has a fair chance to say it has to be in the cloud for the AI capabilities. With the other ones, I think it's back to customers to argue, maybe it shouldn't, right? Maybe it doesn't. And it will be a negotiation, a discussion, which will be interesting to watch. So let's get some popcorn for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm also, um, I'm actually, to be honest, I was a bit shocked when I when I uh, heard, heard all that, uh, yep. because I, I think, um, I mean, 15 years back, I would have said SAP has the market position to to uh, pressure their customers uh, uh, in in that way. Uh, but even then, uh, you you for sure remember the whole enterprise support story back then, right. which was a quite similar approach. And in the end, uh, there was a CEO, Leo Apodeco, who needed to to go uh, in the end because the customers didn't accept it in the end. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me a bit to that story, and I'm um, also I raised already the topic uh, with best of breed earlier. I'm also quite sure that customers are looking into the competition, and I think, um, at least in, in my regards, there are more alternatives to SAP products than there were 15 years back. Fair point, fair comment, yeah. So that's, that's the balance STP has to strike, right? Apart from technical necessities, it's like how much of a carrot they put there, which makes customers think, so much pain do you have to go through that carrot? Is it a new implementation for me? And then I could open this up and look for other people and at least pressure SAP commercially, right? From that yeah. perspective, it's going to be interesting. And hopefully uh, the SAP board has factored in all those different ramifications and then driving a strategy like this. And... Yeah, it's always hard when you, for the first time, hear no. <laughs> it's pretty much the first time SAP customers hear, well, we can't build everything for your maintenance into these releases anymore. And it's going to be interesting how the discussion is going to end up for the sustainability functionality and for um, Signavio, right? Uh, well, yeah. How it's, going to end up. it's going to be very interesting, something to see for the whole fall uh, from that perspective. And Potentially, they can pressure SAP successfully enough. Um, SAP can pressure them successfully enough to get some adoption. I doubt it, but um, hey, if I knew the future, I would play the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But you're an analyst. You you paid for doing the future, don't you? Yeah, but this is a free call. The free call, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> just no, I, I think I think uh, I think it's not enough, right? Because we see the movement on happening, right? I mean, customers know. And I think the AI situation helps customers and helps SAP to a certain point to understand the cloud is unavoidable. Now, the question is, when can I make the move? When do I have to make the move? And one thing is very clear. If you master AI in a successful way, uh, what generative AI can do right now, think about customer service situations, uh, talk to customers in a more scalable, better way, call centers, massive changes there. Uh, you can look at HR by understanding like the employee handbook and similar things as only internal, so not so much leverage, but but certainly also freeing up costs. There's, there's many, many things. So the big price is going to be when you can run generative AI things on strategies, right? On not, not just the overall strategy, the strategic scorecard, but on individual sales, procurement, purchasing strategies. And that opens all up for software agents doing the work and humans only supervising it or humans not having to do all the work and who gets that right can definitely disrupt their markets right so we, we often talk about digital transformation and digital disruption for a long long time uh ai is really that power i've done right which can significantly change that right so 
and uh, that that realization will have to come to enterprise it's very present in north america it's very present in uh in, in in asia right today uh, disney formed a task group to figure out how ai changes disney right <laughs> okay generating cartoons and so on but on the creative side so it's going to be interesting what comes out there so I think it's transforming every part and to requires a home in the cloud because cloud offers the elasticity, the infinite compute to run these processes, right? It can't be done on premise. So I think even the most security conscious data residency void CIO doesn't have a chance when the board and the whole company needs to move and needs to survive. So I predict them um, will have the Uber moment, right? So the, the taxi company and Uber comes to town and all of a sudden they need an app <laughs> to compete, right? Who can build an app for us? Who has someone who can build this and so on? And you need to need to have it yesterday, not tomorrow. I think the Uber moment on the AI side will come as well. And it's not going to be Clement uh, or Gnedig, whatever. Clement not, not going to have much mercy with those who come too late because the disruption processes and the adoption process are going so much faster. So, hey, you put me on the soapbox. I'm speaking way too long. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's how I see it, right? So from an AI perspective, I'm pretty much of SAP for sustainability and for Signavio, not so much. To be fair, I don't know Signavio in all the detail, how much CPU consumes, how much value a customer can have on Signavio. But traditionally, SAP customers are oversized. Most of the time, their machines are idling unless they're doing a financial close and so on. So if you can set up Signavio in a way saying, hey, if I have idle capacity, 20%, I give 5% to Signavio to do some process mining. Not a bad thing to have some value, right? And it could be an interesting way also, and SAP could use it to its advantage, uh, to use something like Signavio to figure out how to upgrade best to the cloud, right? So, Martin, let me run some Signavio there, and I set up uh, an instance for you on the cloud for a certain domain area because I look at your process and I know what you're running custom or not custom there, right? Or if you look into it, like, what are the custom codes which you haven't used in a year? Maybe we don't have to port that to the cloud, right? So that's interesting things from SAP. Yeah, well, possible. Yeah. That would be a different approach uh, to show the uh, the customers the benefits and not forcing them. And that's uh, actually the point I'm, uh, well, I'm questioning somehow. It's always a better <laughs> way to show the benefit. We know that, right? So we know that, no question about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm quite sure. And um, uh, the, so the annual uh, conference, uh, DSHE, Yaris Congress is uh, somehow just around the corner. It's uh, starting yep. at uh, yeah mid of uh, September, I think the nineteenth or, some, or yep. something like that. It will be very interesting uh, how the <laughs> how the the, the overall yes. atmosphere. It's a big one. It's going to be interesting who's going to draw the straw, the short straw, to show up there, right? Because you have an SCP board member to speak there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and um, um, so. Um, Christian Klein wasn't there last year. He did only a, a, a video call and uh, got already bad feedback on that. And, and yeah, uh, in that, I remember, yeah. in that video call, uh, he also did a statement which was not well received at TSH. <laughs> so yeah, answering the questions for our, uh, their kind of requirements, answering right. like uh, it's not Christmas today <laughs> wasn't, right. uh, wasn't well received. Yeah. So, yeah. But look, look, I mean, SAP customers deep down know that SAP cannot do all the things they've done in the past. No, so of the course question not. is like which things they will support in the future and do in the future and how much influence can I have on that as a customer? That's an important thing to learn and understand. Yeah. We'll I, see how quickly they learn. I mean, uh, what I what I feel fully agree on, and, and there are some customers in, in, in Germany which um, 
think uh, things are still the same as 15 years ago. Yeah. I'm definitely not on that page. Uh, right. and I, I definitely see an advantage in, in cloud adoption and uh, to a certain point. My po point is just, well, uh, sh shouldn't it be the better way to convince customers by uh, superior products in the end? And there, well, I have my doubts right now uh, if that, well, uh, back. Yeah, well, the superior product is there. It's just gated to the cloud. <laughs> That's the carrot, right? The carrot has yeah, been there. Well, we don't know. The all the time. Sorry? We, we somehow don't know the product yet, at least not for, for all the innovation pack, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, in, in, in cloud and uh, I don't see a main difference between uh, running S4HANA in a RISE setup uh, and on-prem from, uh, from a feature software yep. uh, point of view it's the same thing yep. uh, just different infrastructure and um, if you know some some how the uh, ABAP uh, server architecture it's not that scalable uh, that you can run it in whatever any uh, uh, container setup where, where you can save a lot of money uh, because uh, the, the system architecture does not uh, support that. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Well, this is why it's important, again, back to tech ads and so on, how to build cloud-ready SAP applications, which can take advantage of the cloud, which you can't do with the traditional ABAP, um, what's the name of it, the... Uh, Task update task right architecture which lies behind there right so but now we're getting way too technical perfect <laughs> right I think we have yeah. a good time here we're short of the forty five minute mark give people some time so we don't burn the full hour um, yeah anything important we missed no I don't think so um I, I just got uh, some listener feedback uh, so from Coffee Corner Radio podcast right. we should do it more often again <laughs> yeah. right okay. to be honest yeah. Uh, who, who, uh, uh, yeah we skipped the quarter we'll be better we'll promise yeah we'll, 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 we'll try we try, we'll right. try if, you some, if you miss something please provide the comments on different social media pieces uh, we're listening Martin yeah. is definitely reading them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, approach us also with uh, topic suggestions uh, for uh, our next conversation or right. even uh, different topics for Coffee Corner Radio podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I, or I hope at least that I will uh, manage to provide more content for you. Perfect. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, that's Martin. Right. My thanks goes to you. You're much closer to the things than I am, and I'm the lofty industry analyst area. So I think it's a great combination here. I really appreciate your time and insight. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Stay tuned. We'll promise to make a Q4 one, right, Martin? Yeah, for sure. After taking it, probably. <laughs> after taking it. That's a good mark. Okay, perfect. Or, or just after you. the Davos Congress, we don't know what happens there. <laughs> Maybe we have to do a special edition. Who knows, right? Uh, stay tuned. Create some anxiety. We're definitely not going to gate this uh, to a cloud or whatever technology, different technology. So stay tuned. As yeah, long as uh, more... X or Twitter runs, right? We made a platform change, right? We went from Twitter to X, right? Amazing. Right? Thanks to Backward. <laughs> we didn't ask for it, but we're still alive there, right? So, perfect. Yeah, well, Thank yeah. everybody. Thanks for watching. Stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy. Bye.